This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, people? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. This week, I'm reflecting on my chat with the legendary David Program. Let's jump into the intro and we'll get right into it. Safety isn't deviation, it's complexity. Health and safety has gone mad. Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past. There's no one solution and one problem. The problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risplip. just been talking for like a whole couple of seconds and realized i have myself on mute classic i'm not even on zoom oh, what is going on i'm messing everything up here what i was saying whilst i was on uh, on the old mute was i realized this background music is a little bit like a kind of crappy american cheap radio station isn't it so i'm probably going to get rid of this one after this podcast we'll get a new tune and let's mix it up a little bit get us a bit of diverse background music so let's get into my notes for my chat with the legendary david provan i hope you enjoyed the conversation i thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it i thought it was absolutely great love david what i will say is i don't know what's going on with my audio back then I mean, a lot of these interviews were recorded so long ago. We were changing offices. I'm not making excuses. I should have checked. It sounds like I did the same as what I did with, with the uh, interview with Simon Cassin in that my my mic wasn't on or something. It sounds like a crappy room mic or something. It's terrible. So I sincerely apologize for that. Um, but, you know, short of re-recording the whole thing, which I wasn't going to do, there was nothing else I could do. My apologies. I hope you are able to move past that and listen to the to the quality of the conversation. If not, then I apologise and I hope you enjoyed the following uh, week. The following week? This is the following week. I hope you enjoyed this week. <laughs> and I hope you've enjoyed next week's interview with Teresa, which I believe the audio, if I remember correctly, is a little bit better. So anyway... This whole thing's gone a bit of a mess, hasn't it? I haven't even done the normal one. Welcome back to Rebranded Safety, everybody. If you're new here, Rebranded Safety is the podcast and YouTube channel doing exactly what it says on the tin. So hit those subscribe buttons and those follow buttons or whatever. It's not subscribe on podcasts, is it? And this is a podcast exclusive episode, people. Podcast exclusive. So, you know, if you're one of those I only watch YouTube, then you're missing out. And you're missing out. And if you are one of those I only watch YouTube, then you wouldn't even know I'm saying this, would you? Because you're not on podcast. Anyway, let's get into my notes then. So beyond audio problems on my end, which I sincerely apologize for yet again, there's a few notes I've got. Firstly, I thought it was really interesting that David Provan, when he was talking about you know, approaching Sydney Decker about the safety differently stuff, he said, oh, Sydney, I want you to come and look at how we do safety because I kind of think we're already doing it. Um, so come and have a look at, at what we're doing. 
And that kind of reminded me of kind of what I call all of this new safety as safety as originally intended. Yes, there are evolutions in in the way we think. We there are evolutions in the things that educate us in in the research and science field. There, are, you know, psychological safety is something that we've not really spoke about for a long time. At least not in these depths in the general populace of of safety and business as well. So I think that. Yes, there are inherent, obvious, you know, evolutions, like I say, that, that you can't avoid, and that's just nature. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a damn good thing. Um, but I still genuinely think that, like I said with Kelvin Gen, if you, if, if, I think it was Kelvin Gen. I'm just racking my brain now. Was it Kevin Furness? Or was it even John Green? I think it might have been John Green, actually, that said, um, you know, safety differently or safety to new view, whatever you want to call it, um, is the closest equivalent to working to the Health and Safety of Work Act in the UK. It's the closest equivalent to that reasonable and practicable approach to safety, which is in the legislation, which is why I keep coming back to this. Safety is originally intended. I don't read any of the HSE guidance and see what and, and, and kind of imagine they're, they're trying to get what we see in a day-to-day reality. We see, you know, risk assessments, for example. Let, 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 I think that's a good example, actually. Risk assessments. Think about it. One of the biggest problems of risk assessments is getting people to read them, right? Now, one, a risk assessment isn't like a next Lord of the Rings, so it's not like somebody wants to pick it up and read it, but they're really long, some of them. They're so stupidly long. And everyone's like, oh, we have to do that to be compliant. Do you? Do you? Because what does the legislation actually say? And I know I've banged on about this so many times in videos and podcasts and so on. Legislation says record the significant findings. It doesn't say record every hazard, right? You have a duty to manage you know, the risks within your workplace so far as reasonably practicable. But you don't have a duty to record absolutely everything. Now, granted, your, your your stakeholders, your insurers, your auditors will probably be picking you up on that stuff. And, and I'm not naive. I understand that. You know, your customers might even be demanding this. If you're working in construction, especially, you, you get those absolutely stupid waste of everybody time bureaucratic bullshit that they call pre-contractor questionnaires, which are just an absolute fucking joke. Um, that, that, that do nothing other than this lull you into this false sense of security of, oh, I'm safe because I asked my contractor if they have a health and safety policy. It, 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 oh, it does nothing. It does nothing. So, like, why waste our time doing it? They're such a joke. I get so frustrated when I have to do one of those crappy things. They're so annoying. So, if we were to do safety as originally intended as intended to do from the guidance, it would look nothing like what we actually do in safety now. So I really don't understand sometimes when people get their back up about safety too and all this and and a lot of the stuff they talk about in there is just what we were supposed to do in the first place, except we've all just become so bureaucratic in the way we approach safety. Um, so that was my that was kind of what came to my mind about about that note when David said that. And most of the stuff in my notes are from the the front end of the, the conversation. Um, 
I mean, hopefully, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm saying this now. I don't know if it's behind a paywall or not, but I'm gonna have a look at getting the link to benefactor and burden um, research. It may or may not be behind a paywall. I'm not 100% sure. If it's not, I'll link it in the description of both this and the interview. Um, so go and check that out. If it's not there, that means it's behind a paywall. Um, and well, maybe I'll link it anyway. I'll link it anyway, and you can pay for it. You can totally tell I make this stuff up as I go along. Eh? Anyway, let's have a look. Honestly, I would, I would, if you, if you, it's behind a payroll, and if you can't be asked to read it, if you're anything like me and just don't like reading research papers, I will link the episode to Safety of Work uh, podcast below where Drew and David himself go through the paper, um, and it's a really fascinating podcast. And if you're looking for maybe a bit of a a quicker way of going through it um i think that's a very effective way of doing it so go and do that after this podcast obviously don't don't just leave halfway through that'd be rude let's have a look what have we what else have we got on? yeah i thought david raised such a good point here that i've just I, when i was listening back to it i was editing it just before this and that's how i get my notes for this this kind of uh reflection episode and he said on that you know a lot of people say that safety too doesn't really talk about safety professionals it talks about managers and leaders and and i was like oh yeah shit it does it really does and we assume that it's books for us how how self-indulgent is that we assume these books are intended for us are they no they're intended for managers but yet again we are doing it and our managers don't give a shit and they don't read these books so i remember working in a company for a guy who i think still listens to this podcast and if he does he'll probably know who i'm talking uh, that i'm talking about him but he brought us all a book um about safety and stuff like that and um he brought the whole team it and then uh, i remember talking to him over a, a dinner and we were saying like you know that the next step here is to get the book in the hands of our leaders and managers because they're the ones that really need to need to uh, need to read it because um that that is the truth here isn't it that is what we need to do we need to get our safety one safety two books our whatever whatever books i've completely forgot all the books that i've read now um you know any kind of safety book that you're reading buy it read it give it to your bosses give it to your stakeholders your internal customers whatever you want to call them uh, and get them to read it how good would that be are they going to read it maybe some will some of this stuff is genuinely quite interesting so i do think that is a very powerful message if we can really get them to understand what we're reading about what we're learning and how we're trying to talk about it that could potentially be half the battle um but then it's a pretty hard battle getting them to read the book here read this safety book uh no but it's really interesting um no it won't be Oh, yes, it is. If it's a safety book, it's not going to be interesting, is it? Well, it's not really a safety book. It, it's like this new way of looking at safety. Great. So not this type of safety. It's multiple types of safety. You can just imagine a conversation, can't you? <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of... Oh, anyway, I feel like I should have gone into acting. What else What else notes have I got? What else notes? We ended up coming back onto that conversation. Our safety professionals redundant. Are we doing ourselves out of the job? This is something that comes up all the time. I've got a video coming out in a couple of weeks about this uh, on the YouTube channel and my predictions for for um, the safety profession. But David, 
David Damhem brings up a very good point. Um, very, very good point on that there are so many forces in our businesses, so many departments that are focused on profit, focused on profit. And safety is one of very few departments that are not focused on profit. They're focused on safety, essentially, and health. Um, so what other departments? Maybe quality would be thinking about quality, but then quality is about creating profit because you're issuing good quality products which then creates more business and so on so there could be an argument there that that's not environment definitely is another force not pushing it for profit and then probably hr maybe um maybe there's a podcast out there rebranding hr or something that tells us that re- that hr is not um what we all think it is um so there's not really not that many parts of the business that are not centered around profit or the dollar as, as david put it which I thought was such a good point, which I couldn't, I, I must have just completely forgot about that when I spoke to him because I couldn't remember it. But when I was re-editing this, I was like, damn, that is such a good point. That's such a good point. So we need to exist in David's opinion because everyone else is essentially going to be distracted by profit. And we, we can, because we're so far removed from it, because we need to be removed from it, aware of it, conscious of it, but removed from it nonetheless. Therefore, our priority is safety. Therefore, we can try and push the business the other day, other way. So, inherently, there's a kind of paradox in in the business, as David says. But it's kind of that they will always be in conflict. And it's when the more and more you look into safety, the more and more you think, oh God, it's full of paradoxes, as David kind of pointed out in his uh, research as well. I like that David, you know, so kind of him to to kind of confirm what a paradox is. It's uh, two things that are correct uh, or in conflict, sorry, but also true. Well, that was nice of him. Um, I put that in my notes because I thought it was a very simple description. That's why I just explained it in here. Let's have a look. What else have we got? Hmm. I like that he mentioned this about asking your managers... If you have, if I see something I think, you know, is dangerous or, or something, that, how do you want me to deal with that? Now, I'm intrigued to know what the answer would be to that. I really am. What do we think our managers would say if we went over the, you know, like the director of operations or something like that? The director, CEO even, you know, the director of the business, managing director. If you see something bad, what, what, what do you want me to do about it? They'll say, stop it. And maybe play a little bit of devil's advocate then and say, okay, you want me to stop it. What if, you know, that order is for a customer that has been complaining through the roof. And if we don't get this order out by the end of the day, they're going to leave. But to do that, to do it quickly, a guard is broken on the machine and they're bypassing the interlocking or something like that. I've literally just made that up off the spot. And then he'll probably go, what do you mean? <laughs> and you'll probably have to explain it to him uh, or her. And then once they get it, I'd be interested to see what they say after that. And then the other point around, what was the other question he said? To see something dangerous, how many wanted to do it? You know, trying to get them to understand our, our role and, and just kind of 
having open conversations about what you think safety should be doing within the workplace. You know, what do you think safety is for this company? What do you think I should be doing? Like when you look in my role, what do you think I should be doing? I feel like that's a good question for an interview, but for the interviewee, when you're being interviewed and they say any questions, you turn around and say, yeah, sure, I've got a couple. Number one, if I get the job and I'm, say, doing something and I see something that's, that's pretty dangerous, what do you want me to do about it? And then the next one, how do you envision my day-to-day role being in the company like what am i doing what am i doing in the day how do you view safety within the confines of this business what is safety i like that question i ask a lot of people what is safety define safety for me it's always intriguing to see what you get normally you get the bog standard it's making sure that everybody goes home with all their fingers and thumbs yeah but what is it well, means that everyone goes home, doesn't get hurt. Yeah, but what? That, that's what you want to get. But, but what is it that gets you that? You, then when you really get into it, everyone comes out with that. It's the system, the policies and the procedures that essentially confine our worker to be non-dynamic and just do as they're told and operate like a simple robot. I'm tiring everyone with the same brush, brush. not everyone talks like that, or not everyone thinks like that, but interesting question, I think, and especially for the back end of an interview, um, when we get our chance to ask our questions as the interviewees, you could probably get a real good sense of who you're working for if you ask them a question like, can you define safety for me? And if you don't like the answer, don't take the job, because you won't be happy there, 100%. Maybe you want to be an auditor, you know, a more system. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you want to be creating systems. So if they turn around and they say safety is systems and policies and procedures, and you're like, yeah, I love that shit. That's the place for you, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. What else have we got in my notes? And let's move, move on. Any questions? Just have I've done that. Done that. So good. Ah. Oh. This is a paradox nonetheless, isn't it? Look, we as safety professionals, we have to know everything. We have to understand everything. We have to be involved in everything in the business. In any, like, this is something I struggle with even now in my kind of day job, is that there's so many things that I'm in a meeting and they're like, oh, right, yeah, we're going to have this. And I think that this department and this department should be in this meeting and, and it's not safety and you and you sit there and you genuinely think well I should be in that and then they talk about never meeting and you're like well I think I should be in that and then you go into the next one and you think I should be you end up thinking like am I just like does it look like I just want to be involved in everything but that's that's inherently the, the kind of issue we have in our profession because we do genuinely need to be involved in nearly everything so, so you end up do having a bit of a complex that it's like, well, do they think I just want to be in, involved in everything? And then you get people being, oh, I didn't involve you in this because of this. And it's like, yeah, I'm not pressured about things. I only want to be involved where I can bring value. But at the same time, like we cover so much. We cover so much. And so much is safety that 
yeah, we, we do have to be involved in so much, which is the amazing thing about the business. Like one day you're working with the finance team, then the legal team, and then the engineering team, and then you're on the shop floor. And then then you, the next day you're looking at guidance on technical stuff. And then you're reading research papers on psychology and then you're in meetings for strategy and then you're in meetings for projects and then you're in meetings for meetings and then meetings about meetings and so on and so forth. We do so much in our role, which is inherently why I love the role, which is why I absolutely no one day is the same. Like sometimes it's so messy, it's hard to keep track and hard to stay on top of your to-dos and so on and so forth. But inherently it's kind of the problem as well as the as the thing that makes it amazing because we struggle with our identity we struggle with what do we actually do here because we're involved in so much that we have this kind of identity crisis that i think we're going through um and you know i made this video which will be out maybe about the same time to this video or if not soon or if not it's already been out and it may or may not age well that video like it may just absolutely crash and burn and that's cool man because well that's just my opinion at the time i might make a video in, in a year's time in six months time in two weeks time completely disagreeing with that video and that is the complex nature of our role in safety which is why it's so freaking awesome but at the same time is why it's so frustrating at sometimes as well um so i really like that that what, what david was talking about um what else have I got? I like that he kind of said that the, in a way, and I've oversimplified this, which I don't know, as anyone knows, is the problem with, with a lot of things. But let, let's kind of imagine we've got two sides to safety, the people that are more kind of cultural focused and people that are more systems focused. And it was interesting. I was in a, um, I was in a Project Meletium call the other day, if you don't know what Project Meletium is. Um, well, you won't because we've, we've literally just launched it. It is a... Um, it's a community. It's a community for safety professionals that me and Colin Nottage have put together, and it's all about getting people together. Me and Colin are trying to, you know, do as much as we can to facilitate that, facilitate the conversation, get what we've learned in our podcast, and help people grow and help people help each other, and so on and so forth. So, in a nutshell, that's what it is. There'll be a website link in the description below. You can click that, go to the website, and have a look if you want to join our little members-only community. So I hope to see you on some of our calls. But anyway, I was in the, one of our first calls, actually, and uh, one of our members said, as we were talking about loads of stuff, and we were talking about what, what me and Colin said, what do you want to talk about? Like, what do you want to see more of? What do you want to, you know, talk about? What do you want research and resources do you want us to get you? And as a lady, one of our members said, I love all this people stuff. I love all the human factors stuff. And, but, but we, we also need to not forget about the technical stuff because I kind of struggle with some aspects, aspects of that. Um, and I thought, you know what, that's so true. Like, I avoid the technical stuff, left, right and centre. Like, someone says working at height to me, I know it inside out and I'm just like, meh. CDM, meh. Kosh, even more. Like, ugh, I hate Kosh. Right, but yet... They are something we have to do whether we like it or not. And and kind of like what David alludes to is that there's two types of people in safety. Again, this comes back to uh, very similar to the video that I'm t I've been talking about in this episode. 
in that you've got people that are more people, cultural focused, safety professionals, and people that are more systems slash compliance focused in this profession. But the problem here is, is that David mentioned, you know, both whatever side of the fence you're on, he talked about it slightly different depending on backgrounds, but whatever side of the fence you're on, you seem to have this opinion that the other one is wrong. And I've done that. I mean, you can go back to some of my episodes and I'm slagging off people that are so compliance focused. And as I've gone through this safety one, safety two miniseries, I start to realize, shit, we need this stuff. Like, obviously we need it. So it's kind of like, I need to work with my people that are compliance focused, not against them. It's not me versus them. It's not, I'm better than you. It's me and you working together. And I just thought, that's one of our problems is we pick a label up and we go, right, you're systems focused and I'm, you're, you're like compliance focused and I'm people focused, therefore you're wrong and I'm right and whatever. I just think that was such, that was, that was what came to my mind anyway. Um, and, and our member said the same, you know, she was like, oh, we, we need to not forget about this technical stuff. And, and I was like, so true, man, because if I'm deciding what we talk about, um, or where to, or I'm trying, deciding is not the right way to put it. If I'm trying to find the research, I will inherently be biased towards all the human factor stuff, the psychological stuff, the sociological, the social, sociological stuff, the philosophical stuff, because that's the stuff I love. But oh God, I would hate to go and get a piece of kosh research and be like, oh, there you go, everybody. But at the same time, it is something we need to do. So we need to get it. So it was such a good point and we've taken it on board and, you know, we'll make sure that we've got all that stuff as well. Um, but I think that is so true that we have these two sides of our profession and we seem to just fight against each other when actually they both exist in beautiful harmony or they should at least. Okay, one last note I have. We, we ended up talking about diversity in our roles and in our teams and I think if you're intrigued in this stuff I just wanted to mention there are, there are two things one if you ever see a webinar with um, the head of safety for Unite Student Housing uh, Steph um, Stephanie or any of the Unite Student Housing team when they're talking about this talk to them 100% talk to them listen to them because what they have done there in collaboration with Anchor Frameworks is it looked beyond the traditional NIBOSH, NCIQ, whatever, chartered professional. I look at the person and how that kind of complements the team and the background, the experience to create cognitive diversity. So check out Acre Frameworks. If you see a webinar or get a chance to talk to Steph or any of the team from Unite Student Hansen, you need to do that 100%. And then you need to go and pick up a link, uh, pick up a link, pick up a book, which the link of the book will be in the description below. And you know what book I'm going to say, Rebel Ideas. Everyone raves about black box thinking. I think Rebel Ideas is a better book. And I think it is the book that everyone needs to read 100%. So I'm going to leave it there, people. There's actually, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've got two more things. Actually, I've highlighted two quotes uh, from David, which I absolutely loved. People don't know how, don't, I've ruined it already. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Ah, oh, ah, oh, so good, right? That is so good. I stole that. That is just, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to leave it there because I don't want to ruin it with my, my uneducated waffle. And then the other one is, 
Safety is never a standard to be achieved. It is a point of consensus between stakeholders. That was nice. A bit more difficult to achieve, I feel, that one. To, to move away from that and, and say, you know, I'm thinking, I love that. But when I think, I'm thinking about my day job, I'm like, right, how do I sell that? That's a challenge. But if you're going to take anything away from this this reflection and those uh, conversations with, with David, I think you need to take, take away those two quote, quotes. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And safety is never a standard to be achieved. It's a point of consensus between stakeholders. Oh, so good. I'll link to all the books I've mentioned, uh, the books we mentioned in the uh, interview as well, such as Better Questions, Humble Inquiry, Rebel Ideas, and so on and so forth. I'll link to the Safety of Work podcast. And if I can, I will get the research for you as well. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you next week. Safe. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson.